The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on March 28, 2009. I don't have the original description. This is one of those episodes that was lost in the archives. Uh, but I do have the original title, which was, Who Owns Your LinkedIn Contacts? Uh, Karen and I go back and forth quite a bit <laughs> in this episode. Tune in to find out what we said way back when, uh, in March of 2009, right after this word from our sponsor. Critical race theory supports the logic that all whites are born racist and oppressors by nature. They are to be viewed as a collective threat to non-white people and beyond redemption. This sentiment is already infecting the American workplace via racial sensitivity and diversity trainings. Despite the obvious controversy, such trainings are being accepted as just and fair and at an alarming pace across corporate America. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is an ebook that I wrote. In it, I do three things. One, I explain the basics of critical race theory. Two, I demonstrate how critical race theory is negatively affecting the American workplace. And three, I hope, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I inspire a resistance to critical race theory being taught in the workplace. In light of the increased sensitivity to recent events like the George Floyd protests, the emergence of council culture, and the pressures on corporations to adhere to political correctness, the information in my ebook. Racism Reimagined, How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a counterbalance that should be carefully considered prior to new investments in diversity training. Racism Reimagined, How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a free resource that can be downloaded and, by all means, shared with those in your network. A download link is available in the podcast description. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matten, and, and welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. Hello, everyone. Before the show starts, I wanted to give you a heads up on First Thursday. First Thursday is an online networking event held every month. A uh, different worthy cause is supported each time. It costs $10 to participate, and all of the money goes to the charity being supported that month. The very cool thing about First Thursday is that you don't have to show up <laughs> uh, in person to take advantage of this networking opportunity. All you need is a telephone and uh, access to the Internet. Uh, we'll be using a service called Blitz Time, which is sort of like speed dating, but instead of looking for love or people are looking for networking and business opportunities. For more information about First Thursday and how you can uh, donate to a worthy cause, go to uh, therecruiterslounge.com slash first dash Thursday. That's 
www.therecruitersloungecom slash first dash Thursday and you get all the information there about the cause being uh, celebrated that month as well as information on how to take part in this uh, speed networking blitz that we have uh, much love goes out to blitz time for helping us to facilitate this event alright that's enough for now on with the show Children of all ages, this is your host with the most, Jim Stroud, here in the Recruiters Lounge. And sitting beside me, as always, you know you love her. The lovely, the elegant, the beautiful, the sweet, the kind, and every other accolade you can throw out, <laughs> Karen Madden. And how are you, Karen? Oh, thank you, Jim. Okay, so you did remember from my last podcast how I went. I... Yeah, you nagged me for compliments, so I threw them in this time. Yeah, you know, I... I... It kind of reminds me of that song, you know, Lie to Me, But I Promise I'll Believe. <laughs> Is that a country western song? No, it's a, if you're strong enough to be my man. Oh. You know that one? Uh, is that by... Uh, Cheryl Crow, I think it is, oh. one of those. One of those feminist empowering women songs, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. But anyway, she says, lie to me, I promise I'll believe. So keep lying, just keep coming, baby. I don't care, just give me all the compliments, I want them. Yeah, you're the best. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? I'm going to smack you so hard when I see you one day, I'm telling you. You know what? Know what? It's what? so funny is that people think we know each other, we've actually met. And you know what? We have not actually physically met, but we've been actually good friends for about seven years now. Has it been seven years? Yeah. Wow. I know. Isn't it funny? That is wild. We haven't met each other. Not physically in any shape or form. has so bizarre, isn't it? Very bizarre. Because. Some might even say intentional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so going to be hurt. Oh, I swear. But you know what? Let me... Let me digress from this conversation to go to mm-hmm. um, a little, I can't really say an email, more like a a tweet, instant message, something. Someone had suggested something. Uh, you know, people ask me questions all the time or ask us questions all the time. And I'll reply back on my blog um, with more insight sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and someone, is, well, I don't even want to put their business out there, but let me just say John Doe. Okay. John Doe is a recruiter who sees the acts about the fall. Okay. And so what he's going to do is he's going to export all of his LinkedIn contacts and people that he's worked so hard to to uh, develop, you know, over the time of his last job. And he's going to say, you know what, they cut me, they cut me, but at least I'll have all these contacts and, and resumes that I've gathered up while working here. And I'll just go to the next client and just go ahead and use these leads and resumes that I gathered at this present client oh. and, and go on. Oh, so no, 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 he was asking me, he said, okay, well, how can I, he was asking me how to export all my LinkedIn contacts, and he was asking me how to, you know, keep track of all those resumes because they're all in the ATS, and we were going back and forth, and I said, you know what, this is this is an invitation for disaster for you, my friend, but rather than go to it and write this article like I started to, I said, you know what, let me just pitch it to Karen, who I know could wax eloquently on it. So let me ask you, what is the problem with exporting your LinkedIn contacts while you're working with with, uh, Company A and just taking them with you to Company B? I mean, that is your LinkedIn account. 
Okay, I am so nervous about this one because I am going to be deemed the the biggest naysayer, and oh my dear, how good, how can you even think this? And blah 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 blah. And I'll and I'll argue the other part. So you go ahead. Okay, so let's do that because I mean you know you're gonna there's gonna be all these we're gonna say how dare I come up with this? But you hear me sighing and groaning because this I, is. Yes, I know. Yeah, I hear it because I know what you're going to say already, and and I, and I already know the arguments I'm going to throw out. So there you, you is go first. One, it's two words, intellectual property. Mm. Okay? When you are working for a company and you are actually, your job is to find people to go ahead and place a company's for that company, and you are going to find clients to place those, some of those people at that company, even though that database is under your name, but it's also going to be reflecting the company you're working for, that company therefore owns those information. Hate to tell you that, but that is intellectual property belonging to that company. Okay, now, wait, uh, let's back up a little bit. Now, let's say prior to working for Company X, I worked at Company Z, and I've built a lot of, you know, a lot of part, a lot of um, connections on my own before I even worked at this company. Mm-hmm. So I should be able to export my own connections um, prior to working with this company. I mean, I got a few more while with the company, but it doesn't mean that the company owns that because it's my LinkedIn account. I'm paying for it. Well, okay. First up, you may. Well, at least I have the free version. Okay, you even if you are paying for it, here it comes again. And I'm going to use a court case that was done in England, okay? And by the right. way, yeah, we tend to copy common law, the England common law uh, court cases quite a bit and emulate them down here. This is a great, this would be great case copy for um, American lawyers, okay? Mm. Um, now, the course, I'm reading something ad lib from recruiter.com, uh, recruiter.co.uk, okay? Yeah. The course decision research research agencies that they do have claims if an employee uploads business contacts from the database to social networking sites and with a view to using the information for the benefit of their competing business. They also indicate that if the employee has uploaded business contacts with authority, it's sometimes difficult to mention the authority is not limited to using them in performance of his duties as an employee. In other words, if you upload them with or without authority, basically, you're using them in the performance of your duties as an employee for that client, that company you're working for. So, therefore, since you're using them for that company to make money, that becomes intellectual property of that company. So, to safeguard my contacts that I've built over time, I have to make sure that my LinkedIn account is not exclusive to a particular company that I'm looking for. That I'm like. <sighs> Because the company would have to come to me and say, Jim, we want you to build up a network on LinkedIn of they don't contacts. They ask you to do that. You can, as like this said, they can ask you or not ask you. It can be done with or without authority. So, and, and, and also to the point, that was English law, not American law. But, yeah, still, but I know American law copies English law, so it's something to think it about. It emulates it. In fact, what's what we call common law down here. Okay. So this is what I'm thinking now. So if I develop leads on my own, on my own time, a lot of times anyway, you know, and I have contacts from previous companies, that means that any company I've worked for when I had a LinkedIn account has access to the contacts that I have. Here's the question I want to ask you. Are you using that information in those leads that you have for, in any shape, way, or form, your client, your company that you're working for? And if they are so, and it is somewhat merged with the other database that you have for your company that you're working for, then you're going to kind of basically mess with your, you can, they can mess with your head. 
and your database. It's probably best to keep your databases separate. Have that the stuff that you're working for with your company to help them become more productive because it's what you're paid to do. You're paid to make sure that you provide the best for your company. Right. So if, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Let's say that you came up with this design for a widget. Let's call it the widget an iPod, okay? And you decide that you want, you work for Microsoft, and you decide you want to make this thing called an iPod come out, and it's just a great little thing, and it's a fantastic little widget, and you want to do this. But Microsoft says to you, now, eh, we're not ready yet. We're not going to take this iPod attitude idea, and we're not going to run with this. We're sorry. We're not ready yet. And you're, like, so impatient, and you decide, I don't care about you, Microsoft. I'm pissed off. I'm going to go to Apple. And I'm going to let Apple go ahead and create this iPod. And I'm going to let Apple take this and do go with it. Now, Microsoft has seen the, you know, all the material. They've seen the whole thing for it. And Microsoft then has this great idea to go ahead and patent it because Apple didn't. And they, cause they could come up to you and say, you know what, Apple, you stole our idea. We're going to go with intellectual property. But they said, no, we're, we're going to go one step beyond. We're going to patent this widget. We're going to patent the iPod, and we're going to do it right before Apple gets the way to do it. And we're going to make sure we wait, though, to the very last minute, right before Apple decides to do it, and that's when we're going to do it. So Apple snoozes and loses, doesn't go ahead and patent this iPod because they think they're a friend to clear. And, in fact, they even make commercials and going, yeah, we got the idea. You didn't, you snoozed, you lose. Turns out, though, Microsoft actually wins. A huge percentage of every iPod sale. iPod fought it. The court said, you snoozed, you lose. They own it. See, that's what intellectual property does. So you're talking about software. You're not talking about... Anything. You're not talking about about a LinkedIn contact. But contacts is a database. Belongs to the company. When you are hired to work for a company, you are hired to make sure that you bring more contacts in to make placements, right? That's what our job as recruiters is. It's about making that, is not, that's not, that just does not seem right to me. I because I've had right. my own personal contacts prior to coming to the company. Well, is those personal contacts based upon what your company is supposed to be doing? If you Let's say, for example, I'm an HVAC recruiter, and I've got a whole bunch of HVAC contacts to make. And I go to another company, and I now become an HVAC recruiter for them. God, you know, ouch. It is now my job to share my contacts with them. Or if I don't want to share them, then I still got to find a way to make sure I do the best for them. And if they know that i got a database of contacts and I'm not utilizing it, and they're paying me to make sure I do the best I can, ouch. See, the flip side of that is, you're thinking that a company is going to go to the point of saying, okay, give me all of your LinkedIn contacts, give me all of your Facebook contacts, because now you work for me, and since you work for me, uh, all of your contacts if automatically you're not, belong you're to me. you're stupid. See, first off, a company is not going to – okay, here's two things. I, as a company, I'm not going to ask you to bring contacts from your other company because I know I'm going to get in a lot of trouble by doing that. Okay? I'm not going to ask you to take your contacts from your other company because that's illegal. 
I'm not going to ask you, but if uh, ah, so that, that's a loophole then, because if I have LinkedIn contacts and some of them from prior companies, take them. say what? Which means you can't take them. I won't ask you to take them because it's illegal. Then my LinkedIn contacts stay where they are, and I don't have to give a company anyone because you you're asking me for you asking me for you asking me for information that I acquire while working for another company. But you're missing it. You're not taking them either. That's what the courts decided. You can't take them either. I can export my LinkedIn contacts whenever I want. No, you can't. Why can't I? You ca- okay? The best thing to do is to separate your contacts. Make sure that, like, if you're an HBAC recruiter, your HBAC contacts stay there for your company, and keep your other contacts, which are your friends and your relations and everything else that had nothing to do with you working as a recruiter for this ABC company. Keep them completely separate in a separate database. Okay, I think it's a little much. Well, you know what? Here's the problem. As long as any of your contacts have anything to do with you working for ABC company, just like with Microsoft, this guy took a come idea that he had. When see, that's, from, that's software, and I can see it myself going. If it's software, but how many company how, have you ever heard of a company, someone being hired to a company, and they say, okay? What are, name all your social networks that you're a member of? Because if you ever join one after you work for us. Then those belong to us. I can tell you about one case that happened. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I mean we're talking about this case that's happening right now when they said this the one. Guy, in, the one in England. Yeah, and that's one that we know of today. That's a public case. But are there cases like this right now out there? Probably more than you think. But a lot of these things are not going to become public. Just because you don't hear about a lawsuit doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So just as a way of for the for other recruiters out there who may be paranoid, I want to stop Karen, a minute. Hold on. I want you to wait, wait, wait. If, if you're out there and you're as paranoid as Karen, and you're wondering that is it possible that a company could ever come after a particular LinkedIn, just set your LinkedIn account. Just create a, another LinkedIn account uh, specifically for use with that particular company. I would be careful even doing that. See, this Why? Is, I would not give information like that to anyone. No, I wouldn't tell the company that either. No, I wouldn't even do that. I'm telling you right now, giving somebody that kind of advice is like saying you're actually telling them how to advocate doing illegal behavior. Wait a minute. If I set up a totally different LinkedIn account for the specific purpose of getting contacts to help a particular client okay, or a again, particular company. If your com- okay. If your account is a database that is, is No, it's a, it's a, a, totally, new, a, a totally new account. Is this account, whilst, are you working for ABC whilst you're doing this? If I'm setting up a separate account just for this particular company, then yeah. Okay, and are any, okay, so you have two accounts. So it's a brand new, there are no, there are no connections in it okay, whatsoever. Okay, now here's the problem. Come up. Is your other account, does your other account have any data that could help ABC? Mm, probably not. I'm okay. gonna, or, I'm gonna, or at least I'm going to say no because it's part of, because the information in there. You say no, you're in more trouble if when my, I as ABC go ahead and say to the courts, I want to access the tapes of his computer. Now, you, you're setting an extreme example of a I'm company not. going after that. Okay, this why, is okay let me ask you this. Why would, a, why would a company go to the trouble of That's asking me for my link? That's not trouble. How's it not trouble? Because, come, okay, you know what a restraining order is, right? Yeah. You also know what a non-compete is, right? Yeah. When companies want to go after you as a non-compete, they take your computers, by the way. They do this all the time. I don't need my computer to get to my LinkedIn account. I'm not talking about that. You're you're asking me about trouble. It's not trouble for them to do that. I'm giving you examples with non-competes that happen all the time. I'm saying that that's not trouble to them. 
A company, when it comes to their, their proprietary information, they don't consider that trouble. They consider this to be part of the course. I'm not telling you to go ahead and do this. I'm not telling them not to go ahead and do this, and I'm not telling them to be paranoid. I'm just telling them be aware. The fact is, is that you've got to remember that when you create an account on LinkedIn and you're working for ABC, and anybody that you're getting, let's say you're an IT recruiter. Now, I wanted to clarify something. You keep saying it's software, hardware, whatever. You're creating a database. That is software, by the way. It is an actual physical data. But that data belongs, with that case, you can say the data belongs to LinkedIn and not to you. It does belong in LinkedIn, but the account, but here's the issue, and this is where the courts came in and said, you know, cause this uh, guy had a lot of good arguments, too. His lawyer, of course, tried to argue this because the guy, he wanted to use his account to be a competitor to his former employer. I will see. That was, that was intent. That was his intent was to be, and not wasn't it not his intent when he was working with the company. It became his intent later on to utilize his own LinkedIn account. And the client said, the company said, no. You've been, you know, when you've been working for us for X money years, you were creating this LinkedIn account, and you were looking for people that would help us become more profitable. Ah, but see, that's that's the catch. He, no, he, 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 created, he created the LinkedIn account for the benefit of that particular company. He did not have a LinkedIn account going into the company. No, it does not mean that. It means that when you're utilizing LinkedIn, whether you have it before or after, and you're using it to benefit the job, to make you a better recruiter, it doesn't matter about before or after, that that data then becomes that of the company. Because you're utilizing it, for the benefit of your company that you're working for, which, by the way, is what you're being paid to do. Does that affect you as a contractor or does that affect you as an employee? What's the difference between a contractor and an employee? Uh, thinking of that in that conversation. No, let's get into that conversation. All right, well, let's say the contractor is someone who works for multiple clients. Okay. And he's using LinkedIn for multiple me. clients. Then I work as a contractor, as a me, independent, owning my own company, and I have about four clients, and I, I do not, and they don't control who or when or where I work, and I don't have any bosses. That's what you mean by a contractor, because anything else is just a temp employee. But anyways, if I'm a contractor, I am supposed to do the best for my client, but the be that means, but mainly the best for me. Best for me because I'm my own boss. I can't take, I can't hurt advanced career solutions. I can't steal from advanced career solutions. If I sold advanced career solutions tomorrow and a person were to buy it, everything, including my database and my LinkedIn profile, would all belong to that company, to that new owner. Including, and guess what? In California, there is such a thing as non-compete. When you're a part owner or former owner, you will not be allowed to work in your industry for six to eight months. So the thing is, again, it formulates back down to what is your job? Your job is to go ahead and find contacts, create a database, network with these people, and then find people jobs or find people jobs for people using this database. So this is sort of like the equivalent of, say, back in the day you worked at a company and you had all of your business cards in an in a album or something. Mm -hmm. 
So when you left the company, you had to leave all your business cards behind with someone? Absolutely. Are you using, I, are using you your You know how many people I know who've never done that? I know. That's I mean, that's like, that's, this like never happened. This like even this LinkedIn example we're going over, as extreme as I think it is, it, it, I've yet to hear rumors. You know, I know some things won't see a lot of data because it's lost. You have never heard anybody. You never hear that. I mean, outside of that case, you you, wait, you wait, quoted just you there. You obviously have never heard about anyone being sued from a non-compete issue. No, I'm saying I never heard anybody call and question that your LinkedIn contacts belong to. Oh me. wait, okay. Again, you're right. I haven't heard about that except for this particular. But then again, which is in London and not but, here in the state. But stop. Again, there's things called gag orders. And I can guarantee you that if I were to sue you based upon that, I would make sure I put a gag order that you would never be able to talk about it because I wouldn't want to look like an asshole. That language, that's that's uh, that's a reality. That's a catch-22. No, it's not because a it's like say, it's just saying that there are cases out there that you never hear about because they're on a gag order, so just believe that there are cases out there. you know how many gag orders Microsoft has in their own or Google and everybody else in regards to employment lawsuits? Do you know that there's over a hundred, over four, uh, 400 employment lawsuits a day, but we hear about very, very few of them? And the reason we don't hear about them because of gag orders, because of protection of both, A, the employee, and B, the employer. Do you know it's often the employee who requests a gag order so that they don't look like the person who was the whistleblower, so that they, don't, that they can get hired again? Hmm. Okay, so don't blame the companies on it, but also blame them. I'm not blaming the companies. I'm saying the gag order. I would invite anybody listening to this podcast right now, and I, and I promise you to say confidential. Has a company ever come to you and said, uh, your LinkedIn contacts belong to us because we pay your check? And if they're, I'm going to tell you something right now. This is also And it will remain highly confidential. I'll never mention your name. And here's I just, another thing. I just want to know. Has it ever happened to you? That would be an interesting. Or also, does your non-compete state anything like that? Well, I would love Probably to know. not. I mean, you know, some companies are still, some companies are still signed an agreement that states that their databases, including their LinkedIn contacts, belong to the company. They will probably say. Uh, our ATS system belongs to us. You can't take these resumes like that we paid you for. But I'm talking about LinkedIn because LinkedIn Honey, connections, you're, you're in, I mean, they're I all intermingled together. You have. I want you to stop a second and breathe. Okay. Breathe a minute, okay? Because I, I just don't see that happening. I know you don't see it. But okay, I don't see it happening. Breathe, okay? This is the social network phenomenon, phenomenon okay? Phenomenon. Yeah, it is new. It is still up and coming. We have now that we are now breaking into new territories with social network. How old is LinkedIn? This is probably the not. This might be the very first lawsuit we heard of. Do you think that that's going to not be? It's going to be the final one. That was the precedent. That's going to happen now. As I said, I would like to see how many agreements actually have that on it. That's the one that interests me because I'd like to know how many companies are now going ahead and saying, "Hmm, this is something we need to be aware of." And we need to now protect ourselves against it. That's what interests me more than anything. You know what? We're talking about LinkedIn, but I want to know, um, this would expand to people who own Facebook. Exactly. You know, people's MySpace accounts. Exactly. It expands to all the So it's like, are you saying just because I work for a particular company that i got to give you all of my MySpace connections, all of my Facebook Facebook connections? Yeah, I mean. That will keep people from working for a company. This really could expand to that, and it will be interesting to hear even also the attorney's perspective of this. I know that I am coming off being the heavy on this, but then again, I'm also a company owner, 
And my, my company is based upon databases. My company is 100% based upon that premise. Then I would tell a company, look, why don't you set up an alias account for LinkedIn and just have your people use that account. That way you have to worry about. Okay, first off, LinkedIn doesn't allow alias accounts. Well, you could say this is the Microsoft uh, LinkedIn connection. Or this is the Google LinkedIn connection. Do they allow that now with their new rules? They've got a lot of new heavy rules. I don't think they allow alias accounts, and I think that has a lot to do with Safe Harbor, because Safe Harbor says you have to be upfront with whom you are. So well, I don't know I, about that. Because, well, you could say this is the the Microsoft staffing department, and this is our LinkedIn account okay. or something. And so that's a good point, and I like that. I mean, is I just don't, I just don't see that. I mean, that, that you know, kind of bad press. Now, okay, let me this this is played. Let me play devil's advocate here. Okay. Let's say, okay, I as a company, I'm super paranoid about my connections walking out the door, and I'm paying people to use LinkedIn. I pay for the LinkedIn account. Okay. Now, because you are, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting you, I'm laying you off. So now that I'm laying you off, before you leave, give me your LinkedIn password, so that I can look at all the people in your connections. Do you know how many people will not work for me at that point just because of that? They completely took his whole account. They didn't just took the whole account. Oh, yeah, took the whole account. You yeah, know how many people? Was, you know how account. many recruiters would stop working for a company if they if the company said your okay. LinkedIn connection does not belong to us? It's extreme. I'm sorry, but you when you know how many non competes there are, and if that were the case, you mean people and people actually sign them all the time. So I, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. Extreme. I tell you what. If any, if it would just take one recruiter. If one recruiter working for Company X, right, let's say Geek Tech, Geek Tech International, if one recruiter working for Geek Tech International gets laid off and Geek Tech says, okay, give me your LinkedIn account, your MySpace account, your Facebook account, because we know that you use those accounts to generate business for us, and now all of those accounts now belong to us, give it to us. If you don't give it to us, we'll sue. You know how many recruiters will not work for that company? I don't believe that. Oh, I believe it's strong. Well, do, I, and maybe maybe not in this recession. What, this, one or two things will happen. One or two things will happen. One, wait, 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 wait. One or two things. Wait, wait. Let me say this. One or two things will happen. One, recruiters will not work there. Or two, they will lie and say they don't have it. Oh, that's probably what they will try to do. But I'm going to tell you straight up. First off, I can guarantee you in here in America, there's a, probably a ton of non-competes that people have signed with this stuff on there. Okay? That was linked in a social network on there. They're probably saying you can't take the no, resume database. Assuming. I'm not assuming. I'm telling you right now, basically. You, wait, you know, you I mean, know, wait, you know specifically of non-competes that specifically list social media you networks. You that in this day and age, social networks. because of that lawsuit, they, but this man won. This is not, this is not, oh, look, this guy won this case in the courts, okay? Mm. The court said, hey, we see the justification in protecting the company's database. Now, that guy didn't lose all his other employees when this guy didn't they sued. And I can guarantee you, especially in this day and age when people want a job, when people want to go ahead and get hired, look, there's a lot of people out there who are being misclassified and they know they are. Hmm. Being misclassified and not getting their workman's compensation, Social Security benefits, and health care. Okay? They're paying for their own taxes, and yet they still work in these conditions knowing that they're being misclassified because they need to work. So when you say to me that people will not work at this geek tech because of that, I'm laughing and saying, are you kidding me? They will just go ahead and recreate a new database. They'll recreate a new form. It's easy to just go ahead and do that. I agree that you're angry at that and you're looking at it from a technological side. I'm looking at it from a business standpoint and saying, as a business standpoint, I mean, 
if I'm going to have people doing working for me and the database is my way of making money, then that is stands the reason why I would go ahead and say that software is mine. All right, then it would, it would behoove a recruiter to or a business development professional to read their contract. To read their contract and to say stipulate it. Say, you know what? I'm ready to join your company, but my, my all of my social network connections belong to me, not to and you. And you know what you would have to do is you say my social network connections that have nothing to do with this job belong to me because then the company can still come back and say, well, guess what? When I'm paying you $60,000 a year or $100,000 a year, your job is to utilize all things to make me money. That's what I pay you for. I pay you to make sure that you use all your resources that you can use. Even even that is subjective because someone could say, look, you could use Friendster to generate money for me, but I don't have an account on Friendster, or I might not even know about Friendster. You, as I said, what I said, all your resources. But see, that, that's, so, that's, uh, but that's subjective. I mean, I can have resources that you, you don't, don't know, know about. about it, then you can't use it. But if you know about it, then you should be using it. And they should be and using it, it but should be using about. it, should be using it, and actually using it are two different things. Well, actually, no, that's the issue. If you know about it and you know that it's something that could make them make you do better, and you know it's something that you should be doing, and other people are utilizing it, and you know you find it's the best way for you, and you know it's a better way for you to make more money, there is the issue, and that becomes an objective. Are you supposed to use as many? Is that your job to utilize and find as many resources out there and to utilize those resources? That's part of your job description. Then that's what you got to do. I think all this is, is, is uh, as you can tell, this the whole idea of it just just irks me. And it does, and that's just it. I mean, and and, and, and so I would, if, if anyone out there is about to sign a non-compete, especially during a new company. Look and see if, if social networks is included, and if not, I guarantee you. I bet you that if you work, I bet you social networks right are now, not specifically included in that language of I bet the non-compete. You right now, that even if you're working at a company and they come to you and say you need to re-sign your new com- a new non-compete, you you have to sign it or leave. I bet you because I mean, hey, you and I have talked about this. Just recently, I had a company that said you either stop smoking and sign the disagreement or leave. I mean, companies can do whatever they want. Because it's their market right now. But you know it's going to rebound. Oh, Jim. It's going to rebound. Or it was their market. But companies can do whatever they want because guess what? It's been like that for seven years. No, no, I'm saying it's their market because it's a recession. And so people who yeah, are desperate no, no, will no. take whatever. That it, but, when, when, when it, but when it's a candidate's market Jim, and it's rebounded it, around, they won't do that kind of thing because they want people to, to work yeah, for them. Stop a minute. It mm. has been like this for the last seven years. When did this LinkedIn case come out? Like this year. Well, first off, it takes about two to three years for something to actually end up because it goes through the court system. So this more than likely has been filed about maybe a year to th- about two to three years ago. Hmm. But this one, I don't know when. But I just finished reading about it. Right. Here's the thing um, with this. Okay. I mean, I gotta say this, and I mean, I I'm not. I'm just being devil's advocate here, guys. Mm-hmm. Don't hate me in regards to, oh, but you will do this. No, I wouldn't do this to a, cl- uh, to a candidate. But then again, though, but would I? I don't know. I mean, because I, I pay tons of money for your salary. But let me clarify something first with what I was saying. It has been a company's market for the past seven-plus years. 
We've seen declining wages. We've seen companies go ahead and misclassification has gone up over 85%. Okay. We have seen people, more and more companies are taking away benefits, cutting out 401k plans. So, you know, companies, but yet people keep staying. Because they haven't gone. They, they haven't said, ah, oh, screw this. I'm going to go to Microsoft and get better benefits. They haven't said, I'm leaving Google to get a 401k plan or health insurance. I don't want to be called a contractor and make measly money. I want to get real benefits. I mean, people were planning us to go to Google, even though Google pays okay. Because if you think it's really okay. Well, it depends if you're a developer or not. Well, it also depends. Are you being called a contractor? Because then you're paying for your own taxes and your own Social Security and everything else, so you're not really making that much. Hmm. I don't know about now, but I know when I was there, you, you, well, if you were a software engineer, you were like a god. Give you an example of what I mean. Right. If you're being paid $100,000 as a contractor, it's pretty much equal to $65,000, $70,000 an employee. Right. Okay, that's what I'm trying to explain. Mm. So back to our story. It's like it has been a company's market for near seven-plus years. So when you said oh, companies will get away with this, uh, even in a client market or candidate market, I'm like, dude, they've been getting away with this for a long time. Mm. They've been getting I'm, away I, with I, a long time. I hear what you're saying, but I'm still going to say um, people will find a loophole around that, or, or they'll put it, they'll make sure it's stipulated. Or they just won't use it, or they'll say, because even if they say, okay, if you tell me, all right, they belong to me, and I say, well, I didn't use it for for business, then what are you going to say? Yes, you did, because you have 10 people. Wait, 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 because you, you have 10 people. Here's the deal. Wait, 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 wait. You can say, you. I looked at your connections because I was foolish enough to leave them open, and I saw that you had 10 people who uh, work in this industry, and I could say, well, those are. I could say those are friends of mine. We're not talking about business. That's can you business. prove? Can you prove it that that, that I've actually contacted them for uh, that? Listen to me. Listen. Or to I me. could say we both like Seinfeld. Listen to me. If you did not use your contacts that were working in the business, and you did not contact them, you are not doing them the best interest of your company that you are being paid for. That's their argument back. So, so okay, so if I didn't use it, you'll come back and say, "Hey, but you weren't then in our best interest, were you?" So I'm paying you all this money, and you weren't looking out for our best interest that you were being paid for. So what? That means that you get fired? No, it's not a matter of being fired. But the fact is, that I'm just saying this. I mean, look, this is just the first setting of this. Uh, this guy could go back to the appellate court if he can afford it. Okay, mm. I'm surprised he was even able to afford to go through this whole court case. But listen. It's the same thing with non-competes. Non-competes, depending, I all say, it depends on how friendly the judge's wife was that morning when he woke up and went to court, if that guy's going to win on the non-compete or not, okay? Because mm. non-competes, depends also on the state, but they don't always hold a cup of water. This case is very interesting because, in a way, it's a lot of variances like a non-compete. It's protecting the company's intellectual property, the database. And it also depends on the person's job. What are they supposed to be doing? Are they supposed to create a database based upon a specific job descriptions? And if they are supposed to do that and they created the database that, that fits those job descriptions, you got to tell you that the courts could say that, court, that database belongs to the company. Now, if your job is not anything to do with database-related and it has nothing to do with you know, creating candidates off of LinkedIn or whatever, 
I mean, like, for example, let's say you work for a company, and your company says, do not use candidates off the Internet, like I would tell my people that work for me. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that database is completely yours. You know what I mean? All right, this is all subjective and goes back and forth, and I'm looking at the clock. We're almost out of time. But as as people listening can tell where we are on this subject. Um, by the way, again, I you don't know where I'm at on this subject. Okay, well, make it clear. Make it clear. Make it clear. make it clear. Pardon me? Make it clear. Where are you? I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair, and I think it's worthy of going yeah. to court hey, over. Some people think non-competes are unfair, too. And has but non-competes are only uh, – non-competes aren't, um, aren't always worth the paper they're printed on. Exactly, but they also are. So don't, it depends again on that judge that morning how he feels. It doesn't. But we both we both know someone can do a non compete and it means nothing and even in court. And uh, and there's a lot of people who've done non competes and they've won more than a lot. So don't go into non finding a non compete thinking oh it's not gonna be worth anything. <laughs> not the case. But it depends. It depends on the, how the non compete was written and the language. It all of it. depends on how the judge felt that morning. Seriously, because I've seen some of the strictest non-competes I actually pulled through, and they shouldn't have. I've seen some non-competes where they had these outlandish time zones and time frames, and they had, you know, area, you know, area code things that they were just like, what? You mean you're saying never in the whole country ever again? I've seen non-competes that were so restricted that they should have been dropped past. And I've seen non-competes that were so mild still just also be drum-dropped. It all depends on how that judge feels this morning. It really does. It comes down to the judge more than anything else. And it costs a lot of money to fight that. So people who think, oh, I could sign this and I could go ahead and just go and fight it, you got money to pay a lawyer? Don't did you say no? Because these people, can, I, the people with the most money will always win because they got the money to tie you up in court on purpose. Okay, they got money to make your life miserable, and believe me, they will make your life miserable. They didn't create that non-compete to make your life easy. You know, I, I could I could see something like a class action suit with a bunch of recruiters chipped in against LinkedIn if LinkedIn were to do that. LinkedIn has nothing to do with that. You signing agreements or you deciding to? Well, no, evade their privacy, though. No, it How has nothing that? to do with LinkedIn. You're working for that company. They have. Oh, I see your point. I see. Yeah, LinkedIn would be out of loop. I see your point. LinkedIn would be out of loop. Exactly. But still, uh, like or, or maybe a cause I can see against the company doing. I don't know. I just, I just it just seems so unfair. It seems so wrong. Your job is to make the best interest for that company. Your job. If you don't want that, then don't go work for the man. Yeah. There you go. Don't sign compete. Okay. Here are things. Don't sign on compete and don't work for the man. Go work for yourself, pay yourself money, and buy your own database for yourself. That's it. Because when you work for... Or just don't sign non-compete. idea that you have for that company, anything that you do, it could be an idea or a thought that you wrote on a piece of paper. And if you decided not to take that idea and work for that company, you can be hell liable. So many lawsuits on that one. Well, if you came up with an idea on your own time, not even related to the company, but you happen to work for that company, they can see you for an idea that's unrelated to their industry? Absolutely. That is very, yes, absolutely. Happens all the time. Intellectual property belongs to the company. That's your job to get. That's what you're being paid for. Uh, if, I work for if I work for a software company and I have an idea for a new rocking chair, Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean, and, and I had the idea while I was, and I had an idea during the time that I was employed by the software company. Company do rocking chairs. Say so what? Does the company make chairs? 
No. Then then it's nothing. It's not related to the company. You're not being paid to do that. All right. It's based upon what you do. Okay, wait, 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 finish that thought because we're out of time. If your company is a software company or let's say, let's say tables, your company makes tables and you come up with this fantastic chair table and it's fantastic and it can make, it's an innovative idea, it's just great and you know that the company would just kick butt, but you thought, I can make more money on my own. I'm going to leave this company and develop this on my own. Or I'm going to take it over to my other company because this other company is going to be more friendly with it. Mm. Always remember Microsoft, okay, when you think about this, okay? It doesn't, remember, it doesn't matter if it's software. It doesn't matter if it's hardware. It doesn't matter if it's an actual product. You have to remember the word intellectual property. Companies own you when you work for them. People who say companies don't, honey, they own your thoughts, they own your data. They own your they own your database. They own your contacts. They own you pretty much. Unfortunately, because you sign that contract, you don't even have to sign a contract. There's an express contract or an agreement, an understanding of uh, it's an understanding between you and that company. I pay you sixty five thousand dollars a year. I pay you one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. You are to do this, this, and this to make sure that I make money. That's an understanding, and you made that implied contract. Whether or not you signed a piece of paper or not, there was an implied contract. And you accepted that by accepting that money. On that note, we will now uh, leave you depressed, if you are depressed, or leave you glad that you're an entrepreneur, depending on where you are. Oh, yeah, Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) I am grateful for that because, I mean, I would hate this if I was working on the employee side, but then as a working as my as an owner, business owner, I don't know. I mean, I gotta tell you, I gotta protect my business. I didn't spend all this money not to. And I'm sorry for interrupting you, but this is it's a tough situation and it's a tough call. But when you got a business and you're spending tons of money, and I'm paying you tons of money, I'm taking out all this money for insurance and health benefits and whatever, or even if I'm not, because you accepted to live work whatever way. I mean, I don't know. I'm paying your bills. I'm helping pay for your house, dude. And uh, and on that note, again, uh, closing for the third time, um, let us keep in mind, if you would, if you have any questions or comments, uh, please address them to Karen at com or Jim Stroud at com. We are not lawyers, nor do we play them on TV. Uh, if you have any specific legal questions, do not take these as the gold standard. Please consult your lawyer. Also, um, this legislation that we're talking about, it's happening in the U.K., not in America. Oh, uh, we don't know that. We don't know that. So if you have any questions regarding this, just, just consult your lawyer if, if, you have, if you're that concerned about it. Yeah. If you're not concerned about it, if you think this is overly paranoid, which I do, um, <laughs> then disregard. But it's definitely interesting to think about, yes. Take the best and leave the rest. Yeah, you go. So, for our hearts and minds are clear, we're going to say bye-bye, so bye-bye. 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 Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or (laughs) just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and... You're not. Radio, 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 talent. Innovative audio on demand. 
And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiters Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.